Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. How's everyone doing today? Happy Thursday. I hope you had an incredible 4th of July if you celebrate, and I hope that your week is going swell. Maybe it's been a short week for you. It's been a short week for me because I got Tuesday off for the 4th, and then I also took off Monday. So with it being Thursday, we are almost done with this week. We are headed into the weekend very, very soon. I'm excited. I'm excited to chill. I'm excited to relax. And I'm excited to recover a bit because this past weekend for me was so, so much, but in the best way. I told you guys that I had a wedding to go to, one of my best friend's wedding in which I was a co-maid of honor. And it was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. It was a full five days of events on Thursday, like I mentioned last week. There was a welcome party on a boat just so everyone could say hi, welcome people in because a lot of people came in from out of town. Then on Friday, there was an event, a lot of traditional Indian dancing. There was henna. There was great food. The decorations on that night were absolutely amazing. Everything was so colorful, so lively. On Saturday, there was another ceremony in which you put turmeric on the bride and groom. Again, great food, fantastic decorations. We also had amazing weather all five days, which we were so fortunate for that because so many of these events took place outside. So that was definitely lucky because I cannot say the same for the 4th of July this past Tuesday. It was raining quite a bit, so I guess our luck ran out by then. But totally okay because I'm glad that at least for their events, we didn't have to deal with any of that. The sun was shining the entire time. Then on Sunday, that was the big wedding ceremony. My best friend looked absolutely gorgeous every single day at every single event. Her outfits were insanely detailed, beautiful colors. Every single one of them was a showstopper, as it should be. She was the bride. And of course, the groom's outfits complimented hers very, very well. He looked great too. And then after the ceremony on Sunday, there was a reception which was so fun, one of the best parties, so lively, so energetic. Everyone was just so happy to be there, happy to be celebrating. Me and my other best friend, who was the other co-maid of honor, we gave a speech, which was such an honor to be able to do. Obviously, an incredible honor to be able to be a co-maid of honor. The whole thing was just really amazing. It was put together expertly. Everything was done so well. I'm so happy for them. I'm happy for them that it went smoothly because that's hard to do, especially with so many days of events. And Sunday wasn't even the last day. Monday was the last day. They had a send-off brunch at a golf course, so people were also able to golf, which I did do a bit of golfing. Not a lot of golfing, mostly just rode in the golf cart. But nonetheless, I was on the course. I hit some golf balls. It was really fun and it was really nice to have one place where everyone could be one last time just to say your goodbyes, say your congratulations again. Because also too, like I said, a lot of the people that were there were from out of town. And for me, specifically her family, it's really nice to see them because I don't get to see them so, so often. One, because I'm in Chicago, but two, because a lot of her family lives in London. So it's always so amazing to see everybody in one place. It was incredibly special. Again, a huge congratulations to my best friend and now her husband. That is crazy that one of the closest people in my life is now a wife. It's so wild, but I'm so happy for her. I'm happy for them. They're so great for each other. I cannot wait to see everything that they do in the future. They're quite the dynamic duo. 
The only other thing that was new with me this week that was notable, again, 4th of July, I did not have the best weather, but it did end up clearing up by the afternoon, and I had a lot of fun. I went to my boyfriend's family's place, my parents were there too, some of our best friends from Minnesota, great food, great company, and it was very warm out, so it did feel like summer. 4th of July is just a fun holiday to hang out with people, have good food, have good times, and it accomplished all of that. So another one for the books, definitely a weekend for the books. That's all that's new with me. So let's get on to the rest of this episode, starting off with what's hot this week. One story, and I know that I've talked to you guys already about the Barbie movie and news surrounding it, but I have another story for you. They just keep ramping up, you guys. This movie is coming out very, very shortly. I'm getting even more excited. So here's a story to accompany that excitement, if you're looking forward to it too. According to Hypebeast.com, you can now stay in Barbie's Malibu Dream House. A new listing on Airbnb sees Barbie's Malibu Dream House on the market to rent. The ad, written in the style of Ken himself, details that the home, which is located on the beach in western Malibu, is available for two one-night stays for up to two guests on July 21st and July 22nd, 2023. Bookings for the slot will open at 10 a.m. Pacific time on July 17th. The ad from Ken reads, Welcome to my Kendom. While Barbie is away, she has handed over the keys to her Malibu dream house this summer, and my room could be yours for the night. I've added a few touches to bring some much-needed Kenergy to the newly renovated and iconic Malibu dream house. Placed perfectly above the beach with panoramic views, this life-size toy pink mansion is a dream come true. Hypebeast writes that this so-called Kenergy comes through in the addition of cowboy-themed accessories, horses, guitars, games, and his much-loved rollerblades. Of course, the rest of the property remains very much in keeping with Barbie's taste, with pink covering both its interior and exterior. All stays will be free of charge, but Ken says that Airbnb will make a one-time donation to the charity Save the Children. Ken adds, We all have dreams, and Barbie is lucky enough to have a house full of them. But now it's my turn, and I can't wait to host guests inside these one-of-a-kind, dare I say, one-of-a-ken digs. Hypey says that upon check-in, the building's concierge will show the guests around the property, which features an impressive infinity pool and a light-up dance floor, while also arranging all meals. In celebration of Greta Gerwig's hotly anticipated Barbie movie opening in theaters on July 21st, visitors will also be able to take home a memento from their stay, a set of yellow and pink Impala skates and surfboards. So this seems incredible. I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I would love to stay in Barbie's Malibu dream house. There is just something about it, just reading about it, that feels so iconic. If you see the pictures, it quite literally does look like her Malibu dream house. It's gorgeous, it's pink, it's huge, it's all the things. And apparently, like this article says, it will be free of charge. That's wild and this is so cool. I feel like they have been doing so many unique, smart marketing activations surrounding this release. I'm loving all of them and I know that Barbie lends itself so well to something like this. But also, there are many creative minds behind it all. Airbnb had to find a way to make this really special. Doing it in Ken's voice instead of Barbie's is a funny touch. 
adding in a donation element is really cool. It's definitely very exclusive. There are only two days available and it opens to everybody at the exact same time. So it's a race for a slot. Maybe I'll try to do this. How cool would that be, you guys? I would definitely hop on an airplane if I was able to be one of these lucky guests. This seems awesome, and they definitely want people to create content surrounding it, so I feel like I would be the perfect match. Of course I would talk about it on this podcast. Of course we would be posting. If they need somebody to stay at Barbie's Malibu Dream House after this movie comes out too, sign me up. I am more than happy to stay. Let's push this movie out far past its release. I am on board. If you guys want to check this out for yourself, try to be one of the lucky guests. Go to airbnb.com and search Barbie's Malibu Dreamhouse. Good luck, everyone. That's it for what's hot. Now let's get right in to what's good. I have some content to recommend this week. Whenever I come home and I have some downtime at night, me and my mom like to watch something usually. So these are some things that we have started. I have not yet finished either of them, so disclaimer there. And the first one that I'm going to recommend is something that has been out for quite some time. I am definitely late to the game here, but I wanted to recommend it because just in case you're late to the game and you want something to watch, I have something for you. It is called The Last Dance, and it is on Hulu. Here's your summary. In the fall of 1997, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls allowed a film crew to follow them, as they went for their sixth NBA title in eight seasons. That resulted in a stunning portrait of one of the sport's most iconic athletes and a celebrated team. The Last Dance follows the Bulls' 1997-98 season from start to finish, while also covering the rest of the chapters in Jordan's remarkable career. The 10-part docuseries follows the Jordan timeline from when he was an emerging star on his high school team to becoming a worldwide marketing force and cultural figure. The series takes its name from a phrase coined by then Bulls coach Phil Jackson, who knew that the season would likely be the final run for the core members of that 1990s Bulls dynasty. All right, so like that said, it's a 10-part docuseries. It's one season long. It's on Hulu. It's pretty phenomenal what you're able to see because they filmed in 1997, so a lot of that footage is being shown throughout this alongside modern-day interviews, which is a really cool style to do a docu-series in. There's so much great stuff in there, so much great information. Being somebody that now lives in Chicago, it's really cool to see. It's really interesting. All the fanfare that surrounded this, how huge this really was, not only for Chicago, But for sports in general, obviously Michael Jordan is a huge, huge star. He's a legend. So this is a really cool way to see more about his work ethic, other people's accounts of him as a player, and a lot of the other players that were on the Bulls during this time. My only critique of it, I think, and it's not a full critique, I think I wouldn't mind it so much if I wasn't watching it how I'm watching it, is that it feels really long being 10 parts, about 50 minutes per episode, and that is pretty long for a docuseries. But to be fair, I am watching it over kind of a long period of time because I started this with my mom last time I was in Minnesota, and I think we watched like four episodes together, and then I didn't pick it up again until I came back because I wanted to watch it with her again, and we were able to get in like two more episodes. 
So that's why I still haven't finished it. I'm waiting to finish it with her. But I don't know, guys. Knowing that we have like three episodes left, 50 minutes each, kind of a lot. We got to figure out how to finish that. I do really like it, though. It's been really interesting to watch. And it came out in 2020. I know there was so much conversation surrounding it in 2020. People were so excited for each episode to release. So in that sense, I think the people that were watching it in real time probably didn't think it was too long. They probably wanted more and more content. So I probably should have watched it then, but that's okay. Sometimes watching content delayed is really, really fun because then you do have something on your plate in the future to watch. I hate when I don't have anything to watch and I'm just waiting for a new show to come out. I would much rather have things on my content list that I'm still trying to get to. But that's just me. If you guys want to watch this, you haven't yet. Again, it's called The Last Dance and it's on Hulu. Next up for what's good, and speaking of shows that have been out for a bit but I have not yet seen... This is another one. Again, started it while I was home with my mom. It's called The Bear. Here's your summary. A young chef from the fine dining world comes home to Chicago to run his family sandwich shop after a heartbreaking death in his family. A world away from what he's used to, Carmi must balance the soul-crushing realities of small business ownership his strong-willed and recalcitrant kitchen staff, and his strained familial relationships, all while grappling with the impact of his brother's suicide. As Carmi fights to transform both the shop and himself, he works alongside a rough-around-the-edges kitchen crew that ultimately reveals itself as his chosen family. Alright, so like I said, this is another one that's been out for a bit. It came out in 2022, so not that long ago but it's already on its second season. People are loving this show, and I personally am also loving this show. It is really good. It is really fast-paced. There is so much going on in the first episode alone. You learn so much, and they show the information to you in really smart, entertaining ways. I've actually really been liking the pace of it. It feels like they're giving us so much in every episode, and they're only 30 minutes long. It's a comedy drama, so even though, like that summary said, there's a lot of dark stuff in it, there's also a lot of funny points. The acting, I think, has been so great. The writing, I think, is so great. So if you guys have not seen it yet, again, it's called The Bear, and you can watch it on Hulu. Alright guys, and last up for what's good, as always, your song. This is one that I have been listening to a lot recently. It is called Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo. It's her new song from her new album. I'm so happy that I like this song because I like Olivia Rodrigo, you guys. You know this, when her first album came out, when Driver's License came out, I was a big fan. I was excited to tell you guys that I was a big fan. And it's always a little bit nerve-wracking, I feel, when there's an artist that you do really like, that the world really loves that they've been so incredibly successful the first time around when they were brand new. When their second album comes out or their second big song, you want to like it, but sometimes it flops. So I'm glad that this did not flop, at least not for me, and also not for the world. It had so many streams. I think it's still number one. There was a lot of news surrounding that too. So if you guys have not heard it yet, haven't seen the music video, check it out for yourself. As always, it's on our playlist. 
typically peachy what's good on spotify and to round this episode out let's get right into need to know basis like i told you guys i was a co-maid of honor in this wedding which again was such an incredible honor it really really is for somebody to pick you for that position it means so much it feels like they're entrusting you with so much and they're also trusting you to give a speech which is something that I wanted to talk about this week because this is the first time that I have ever had to write a maid of honor speech and I think we did a pretty good job. I feel like we hit on all the points that we really wanted to hit on. We wanted it to mean something to her. So I thought I would share some of my pointers on speech writing now that I've done it one time. So I'm not an expert, you guys, at all. But I do think it would be a helpful thing to hear if you've also never given a speech before at a wedding and you're trying to prep for it or maybe you have a future wedding that you know that maybe either your sister or your brother are one day going to get married and if you are chosen to be their maid of honor or to be their best man, you will likely have to give a speech. So here are some of my top tips in going about writing that. And this could change if I ever have to give a speech in the future, but here's what I have for now. First tip, keep it short and sweet. There are likely going to be a couple different speeches at this wedding. You're probably not going to be the only speech. And I've been to a few weddings. And I feel like some of the best speeches, they don't drag on forever. There are great things in there, but it doesn't have to be a super long speech for it to be a meaningful one. Time yourself to make sure that it's not getting too long. Maybe even say it to somebody else so they can give you some feedback about length in particular. But just remember, you can only hold the crowd for so long. So don't make it too, too long. You don't have to tell everybody your entire life story that you've had with this person. Just focus on some key things. Which brings me to my next tip. When writing your speech, verbalize to yourself or to your co-writing partner what are those key things that you do want to hit on in the speech. So I think some of those that make some of the best speeches, in my opinion, I know people have different opinions about this, but I think some of the best speeches have a great introduction have a couple stories that have some comedic elements to it, have a part that's really meaningful, maybe a bit emotional, tie in the couple together and how you see them together. And then lastly, the wrap up, having it reference one of the earlier things that you said, just to kind of tie it all together, have sort of a through line. I love that kind of format. I think it works really well. I think if you stick to things like that in that way, It makes it easier to write it and it makes it easier to deliver it. Which brings me to my next tip, which is the delivery of the speech. I think some of the best speeches, of course, it's written down. You don't have to memorize it. But there is an element of ad-libbing that I think makes it a bit more real. It makes it feel like you're not just reading off of a script that you made for yourself. It allows you to engage more with everybody around you. Bring in the crowd a little if you can. Really speak to the bride and groom. Let the words live off the page a little bit. You know what I mean? Don't just continue to look down. Don't just say things word for word. It's okay if you mess up something. Roll with it. Nobody knows what you wrote. So just keep going. My next tip, and this is for all the people out there that get nervous for speeches or they don't feel like it comes that naturally or whatever it is. Remember, 
that you're giving this speech for somebody. For me and for my best friend that was giving the speech with me, we were giving it to our best friend, to somebody that we consider to be our sister. So if you get nervous, look at them, talk to them. They're somebody that is incredibly close in your life, and these words are for them. So remember that. You wrote this for them to give meaning in this moment, in this time where you get to stand up there and tell them what they mean to you, what the memories have meant. And a lot of times, I think that really takes the pressure off of it. If you just remember that the primary goal is to just speak out your feelings. It's okay if it's not the funniest speech, if it's not the most emotional speech, if you're not an expert writer, if you're not perfect on delivery, whatever it may be. They wanted you to speak. They thought that whatever you were going to say was likely going to mean something to them and also likely going to mean a lot to a lot of people in the room. Because when people pick people to give speeches, I do think you have kind of an idea of where they could go with that speech. You know, they know you too. So trust in that a bit. And my last top tip for now, after again giving one speech at a wedding in my life. But my last tip is to just make sure that everything that you're saying, all the words that you're putting out, this kind of goes along with the last one, but just remembering that these words hold meaning. Whether you're sharing that funny story, whether you're engaging with the audience, whether you're telling that person how much you care about them, whether you're telling the other person that they're marrying, how happy you are that they found each other, whether you're saying something that's hard to say, that's emotional to say, Whatever it is that you're saying, the words that are coming out of your mouth at that time, they have meaning. Let them have meaning. Don't stray away from the meaning. Lean into the meaning. Try to make those words special. Try to think of the things that would mean the most to that person you're saying this speech for. What they maybe would need or want to hear in that moment. Because if it means something to them, it's probably going to mean a lot to everybody else hearing it too. Because this person, these two people that are getting married, they're special to everybody that's in the room. So just try to dig really deep and figure out what is going to be the most meaningful. That's something that I feel like can lead to you delivering a speech that you're proud of. So those are my top tips for me and for the speech that I did with my co-maid of honor. Like I said again and again and again, and I will keep saying it, it is truly an honor to hold a position like that. It is an honor, in my opinion, to give a speech, to speak those words out. So if you are given that honor, hopefully some of these tips will help. It's not a complicated formula. It's also not a perfect formula, but it's my current formula. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you have an amazing rest of your week, a fantastic weekend. Spend some time with the people that you love. Say something nice to a stranger. If you're in the same boat that I was just in... Steer your speech, say it loud, say it proud, give it meaning, make it matter. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends.